This episode is brought to you by Ionic. For more information, please see ionicframework.com slash view. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Enjoy the View. I'm Tessa, and today on our panel, we have Ari. Hello. Ben. Hello. Alex. Hello. And our special guest for this episode is Anthony Fu. Anthony, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Anthony Fu, and I'm Vue coding member. In Vue, I'm maintaining the Composition API plugin for Vue 2. And you may also know me as the author of Vue Use, a collection of composable functions for Vue. And I'm quite into V2 recently, and I've, I've made a few plugins for it. Yeah, and thanks for having me here. Glad to have you here. Yeah, Anthony, I think that you mentioned before we started recording that you're here to talk about yak shaving. So does anyone know what that refers to? What's a yak? Yeah, yak shaving refers to a tax that leads you to perform another related tax, and so on and so on, all detracting you from the original goal. Where you actually need and use the tools, you are more likely to make it great. And my idea of turning young shaving from distracting to productive is to make the tool just good for your need first. Don't over-engineer it. Move on and get back to later to improve the design and implementation. Before making a tool, always do some quick research in case there is something good already there. I also think it's a good way to make your tool open source, as the problem you you have faced are likely to happen to someone else. With the great community, you are even get you are even get your tools improved and sharpened that could solve more problems for more people. Very cool. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of children's books that are kind of reminiscent of yak shaving, like the book A Fly Went By or any of those where one character is going somewhere and then by the end of the story there's like a train of characters following them somewhere and i'm curious for everyone in the group what your examples of or what have been your experiences with the act shaving a recent example for me was you know i was just doing some regular task some view component i started my job like three months ago so you know how it is like getting your dev environment fully set up it takes like three, four, five months. And that includes things like ESLint configs in the project. And I was getting really annoyed with VS Code because it kept like not formatting things the way I wanted it to automatically. And I was like used to everything being all set up. So that led down the rabbit hole of trying to get the ESLint and Prettier configs all set up, only it wasn't going well. So I ended up having to just like abandon that to actually do the thing I was supposed to do. But I went back later and fixed the ESLint configs, and that was an adventure. <laughs> yeah, I can feel that. Yeah, right? <laughs> Formatting's hard. Yeah, recently for us, it was... We've been using a Vuex store to make a lot of API calls. And we started realizing that a lot of them were the same format. 
And so they made me start working on a new section and I started writing this boilerplate all over again. And I said, wait a minute, hold on. And so that whole PR became this whole separate thing of I made like a system of helpers so that anytime that you want to do this pattern, you just bring in this thing. And then that turned into, well, but then we need to be able to extend it. So there became a plugin system to it because, well, some of them need to be auto refresh and some of them don't need to be and like all of, and it was this whole thing and it was just this total rabbit hole, but we have this really great system now. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. How about you, Ben? Gosh, yeah. When it comes to yak shaving, I think I am guilty of what Ari brought up regarding like if my editor doesn't look exactly the way I want it I just see red and I have to like fix it if things aren't when I click save and the it doesn't automatically put all the attributes on individual lines don't even get me started <laughs> gosh help me if the syntax highlighting doesn't work for whatever reason like I'll just stop working so I think that's my biggest Achilles heel when it comes to doing work which is funny because when I started doing this HTML development stuff I used to use plain notepad editor and now i'm just so spoiled and never again what about you tessa yeah i remember thinking that using notepad was somehow like a sign of strength even though at the time it wasn't like i had any alternatives like i could have downloaded notepad plus plus but in my mind that was just another notepad so why bother i think there are definitely a lot a lot of things that i do that are yak shaving adjacent but they feel slightly different because like for example With the code editor stuff, sometimes I need to get my settings down. But then sometimes, you know, you have an interview in Code Sandbox and the default font is Dank Mono. And you're just like, I'll change that outside of the interview next time. Or like when you're writing a paper and you're like, I got to I got to nail that typeface choice first. But I just don't like the inconsistency across the letters. You're such a Dank Mono hater. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, now I'm not going to be able to unsee that. Thanks, Tessa. I think other areas where I feel like my behaviors are similar, but it's not quite the same are, for example, a recent talk I gave where I, what I really needed to do was get down all the content and the shape of the talk. But because I didn't know what the design style of the slides was going to look like, I found it really hard to just put down the information because I knew that even though the part that was blocking me was putting down the content, If I put that into the content first and then came back and did the design later, that would be a lot more work than if I just figured out a good enough theme now and then put in the content and did fine tuning later. In a lot of community organizing and coding stuff as well, there's a lot of issues like that where you think you know the thing that you need to work on, but then it turns out that you're not looking at the right level of the problem and you have to maybe move up or move down a step. But then, you know, other times, like when I'm cleaning or something, then I get into, well, I need to clean this thing, but then it would be so perfect if everything had its own container, which is not realistic. And then I just, I just give up or I'll see task after task after task and have like a running to-do list in my head. So I'm like yak shaving in, in the list in my head, but not in real life. Yeah. I feel like cleaning is the, like the stereotypical example that comes to mind for me when I think about yak shaving in a negative way. Because yeah, an hour later and like only a corner of my desk will be clean because, you know, that one corner is super organized and you got a whole corner. A bunch of other things are half organized. Gosh, but... I'm jealous of your corner. <laughs> yeah. Or like, <laughs> for being honest, nothing was done. <laughs> Even, you know, when you're looking at the clock and it's like 7.53 and you're like, all right, I'll get started at eight. And then you forget and you look at the time and now it's 8.03 and you're like, well, now I have to wait until nine. <laughs> 
But Anthony, I'm really curious why you wanted to talk about yak shaving and what your experiences with it has been like. Yeah, so I think yak shaving is kind of like the way of me doing things. And I am actually more likely to do more enjoying to doing yak shaving than actually doing stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. It feels so productive. It really reminds me of the famous story about Michelangelo, the painter and sculptor and how he's talking about finding the figure in the marble when you look at it in a positive way rather than a negative way like you're trying to identify the solution that's already there you just don't know it yet yeah right so so for me that i would like to do some quick prototype or something that's get it working and release out to see that how people react to it and if other people uh, others like really need it so if that went well, that you are more likely to involve more time to improve it and make it better. And if that like no one likes it, it's probably a bad idea. So you can just move on. You can just leave it and move on. Take whatever you learned by making it, but just think about it in a different way. It's more like that. So I'm thinking that I have done a lot of yeah, a lot of young shaving to I did a several that I've released several MPN package that let's really do some experimental things that for example one of that is making the view competition APIs just looks like jQueries. I will call it jQuery <laughs> that uh, replace every reef and compute it into a dollar signs. <laughs> and some kinds of things that I would like Give it a try, but that is not necessary to be being the production, but uh, I'm really enjoying doing that. And some of them, may, you, may, you may later on realize that may be a good idea, so you can seek from other improvements. I like to take an example like Tailwinds, that everyone would think that Tailwind is a bad idea before using it. Yeah, some kind of things that some of the things that that you would really need to try it to get to see if it's really a good idea. What's I think it's incredible about you, what you call yak shaving is that it's very productive yak shaving in a way, right? Because you're solving problems as you go and sort of experimenting with it, which I think is nice because it's like you said, like when you have an idea, so sometimes just getting it out there, it offloads it and allows you to see and interact with it in a way that's tangible. Versus this like sort of thing that's just hanging in the back of your head constantly. And so I think it's so cool that you take these ideas and prototype them. And, you know, to your point, sometimes it's just an experiment and it's going to, no one's ever going to use it. But then you have like, you, you know, the libraries that you've created that are super popular, like you use. I think that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, what is view use? Yeah, view use is a collection of view composition APIs, composable functions that could be reused. You can think about, you can think it's like the load dash for view, for view composition APIs. And basically, if you think of it another way too, it's like Anthony has taken really common things that you want, like pulling out mouse position. And rather than you having to go like create your own composition API function that like looks at the browser API that pulls out the mouse position and then like extracting it out, like it just, you basically call use mouse and then you get your X and Y position on your mouse. That's it. And it's done like it's done according to browser specs. So some of the examples on the docs when you go to this NPM, it's like 
you can pull out whether the user prefers dark theme by just doing use preferred dark and it's just a boolean. You know, just like it, it basically does some of that abstraction for you. So you don't have to, and you certainly could go low level, but like just in a very view ethos, which I love about it, is it just like it extracts the like, like common stuff that we always like to use into really easy to use functions. To use, do you mean makes them available in like a reactive way? Yes, that's what we're, yeah. Yeah, also that, for example, that you need to use the use mouse hook and in the vanilla JS, you would need to use add event listener to re register your handler. And later on, when you unmount the components, you would like need to call the remove event listener handler. And with the power of the composition APIs, you, we can use the component life cycles inside the composition APIs. So use, use mouse hook will handle will handle it automatically like you would never need to consider that the event handlers would be forgotten to be unregistered. Now, I haven't used Vue Use and I'm currently stuck using Vue 2. Can I use it? Sure, sure, you can use it. That's kind of like the important things for me to, when I was making Vue Use, at the times the Vue 3 is not ready yet. I just think this is uh, quite important for Vue use to make the transition from Vue 2 to Vue 3 smoothly. So I figured out a way to make it capable to work for both versions. And after a while, I realized there are some developers have the similar needs adopting to their libraries to Vue 3. And I got an idea to extract the logic from Vue use to suppose that feature, and it becomes uh, view demi, which is another yuck I have saved. Yeah. <laughs> so but today, there are quite few libraries is using it for their code to be an isomorphic code against to both versions. So yes, you can definitely use view use in view two. Can someone define isomorphic for me? <laughs> yeah, isomorphic is kind of like the same you could use the same code base for different targets or different usage. Yeah, it, this is quite a release for developers as if you, if you want to suppose view two and view three in a two different code base, which means that every change you would need to do it twice. Like every pull request made, you would need to like cherry pick to another versions that will add up a lot of the workload yeah so yeah i would choose amazing. isomorphic if it's possible yes as someone who used to have to cherry pick every commit to another branch <laughs> for months on end don't recommend <laughs> yeah i love how you kept the french theme going because for those who don't know demi means half in french so it's cute that view demi gets like kind of half u2 half u3 in that regard, yeah so. <laughs> yeah kind of like I'm thinking that Vue community is kind of like embracing the French word. Well, yeah, like Evan's Vue. embracing the French word. Yeah, and then yeah, the Vue yeah, community yeah. follows along with it. I still got people going like, is it Vite? I'm like, no, it's Vite. And they're like, why is it pronounced Vite? It's like, it's French. For fast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for fast. <laughs> I'm looking at the docs right now and I'm just blown away by this. This is so cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey there, Alex. Hey, Tessa. 
What's got you so down? I need to write a native mobile app, but I'm just a simple view developer and I don't know how. Oh, well, have you looked at Ionic? The Alanis Morissette song? No, silly. Ionic. Ionic is a platform for building mobile apps with the web. Whoa, what is what is happening? With over 100 components and pre-build animations, Ionic gives you building blocks to make awesome apps with ease. Oh no, we're trapped in an ad read. Best of all, it integrates with Vue, so getting up and running is easy. You can use your existing skills to ship native iOS apps, native Android apps, and progressive web apps without any hassle. Wait, I can use Vue to write a mobile app? Yeah, that's what I've been saying this whole time. Well, hot dang. I guess it's high time I give Ionic a try. To get started, visit ionicframework.com slash view. The heck was that? Just the narrator. Don't worry about it. Oh, all right. Okay. Oh, and be sure to tell Ionic you enjoy the view. But speaking of you, Anthony, you know, I think I can't be the only one here. I am really curious to hear about how did you get involved with Vue and open source? What's the story behind that? Yeah. So during my freshman year, that's I'm trying to make my my own website. That, that's, that's my first time doing that web developers and that. Yeah. At that time, you, your immediate pick is jQuery. So I start with jQuery for sure, and I have a backend uh, using Python. That's wow, <laughs> Alex yeah, is a Python fan, so yeah, you're talking yeah. to the right crowd here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At that time, I kind of like you already know that jumping into that Python and JavaScript, it's kind of like a little bit pain for me. And then mm. I heard Vue. At the time, Vue is still at zero point X phase, wow. and it's preparing for the 1.0 release. Yeah, I have heard it, but I didn't try it at that time. That things your jQuery work while you try new things. <laughs> <laughs> so they had done it um, year after, and when doing another project, and I got obsessed with it in, immediately. Uh, in my senior years. Me and my friends get together to planning, making financial app, and we choose Knox to do it. And that's the chance for me to get serious view and TypeScript. And in our college, we have some develop departments for foreign language. So we'd like to utilize the resource we have to make our app international. And there is not too many i tools for VS Code out there matching our needs. So then I thought, why can why can I make it one myself? As a result, another yuck, I made the VS Code extension called i18 Allies, uh, which becomes my first well-known open source project. So back to Vue, at that time, Seven has published the RFC about the functional APIs, which later on becomes the composition APIs. Yeah, it looks so promising that we can't wait to play with it. During our experimenting, we found that there are some common logics could be reused. 
that's so that's because my first motivation to make the composable function library view use. There, there is another kind of stories for me is that since view use suppose for both versions in view two there we rely on the view uh, at view composition APIs the view two's plugin for view three, and at that times there is quite like a long period of times that the plugin is not is not maintained, and there is a disalignment between view two's implementation and view three since the view three is still alpha and make doing changes. So I made an NPR for it. It got no response for a few months. I was kind of like, I was a bit of angry about this, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I think for me that I'm making view use and the disalignment with the view two and view six make me very hard to do this. And my pull request didn't get merged. So that's something that I cannot do as this thing. So I was angry at first, but then I think that there is open source, there's no one's duty to do this. So then I think maybe I can try this. So I created an issue and saying that I'm volunteer to maintain this project. Then even leave a comment, yeah, it's great. So he gave me the permission to to maintain this project, that's kind of a story for me to join the view team. Yeah, yeah, I think I have need to. I would. I would need to thanks to all to Yang Shavi. <laughs> all thanks to Yang Shavi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, that that that's kind of like since I need this, and so I took the response since I need it. So I seek the improvements for it, and that's. How things going? Meanwhile, I'll like you know be struggling with something and be like, "Man, I wish there was a solution to this." And then two seconds later, forget about it and move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you were gonna say two seconds later. I'm like Ben. <laughs> this bug is now a feature. <laughs> I can't tell you how many tickets I closed being really mad at our linting in our project before I actually did anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when when you can't get the linter to behave as expected, it's really frustrating. And there have been so many times where I pulled the main branch. And then when I pushed, I wouldn't be allowed to push because there were linter errors that were from the original pull that didn't pass the linter. And I don't understand how they got committed to main. And I'm I'm real mad about it. And then, you know, I fix everything, push it to main, pull again. There's some more errors there. Like, what is happening? But Anthony, we talked a bit about your past with Vue. So I'm curious to hear more about what else you're excited about in the Vue ecosystem looking forward. Yeah, probably the beat. And you probably heard that Evan is working on a tool called Vite. And it's a ESM div servers that's, that's really fast. Yeah. <laughs> it is very fast. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. And it sounds like we're already on Vite version two. I didn't even know we had a full version one yet. It's right? that fast. <laughs> yeah, it's that fast. <laughs> too well fast, done, too well done. Well done. Oh, no. But I think to Anthony's point, though, right? I think with even V1, 
there was a lot of lessons learned after releasing and playing around with it that I think had Evan just sort of kept it to himself and just kind of kept iterating, he probably wouldn't have learned it as quickly. Because I know that with V2, there are some architectural changes. I don't know exactly what, but I do know there were some changes that obviously warranted the major version change. Beat is probably an example of Evan's own yak shaving, right? Of like, I think... I was going to say, it seems very apropos. <laughs> I need this thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I was curious what you're excited about, about Vite and other projects in the Vue ecosystem that's coming up in 2021. For me, that Vite is a very good tool for developers. It brings up so many goods respect to be quick prototyping and things. I'm someone that don't have much patience. So that <laughs> for me, that I, I got ideas and I need to do a quick prototyping to prove that if if it's a good idea. So as the vid came out, I'm very excited about it. And I try it different immediately and add as at the times and working um some sites using icons and icons plays a big role in apps me. Yeah, sometimes I spend much more time picking a suitable icons than write code. Every icon that has its own website to find their icon IDs, which is annoying to me as sometimes my connection is quite slow and I cannot just get a search work. So at the time, we were just going to RC and the vid came out and I need, I decided to give it, give it a shot to make my own icons browsing apps along the way. From this at the starting point, I make an app called icons, which is also a French word in icons. <laughs> then I think since this is quite a new thing, it's not like it's not having a good, a large ecosystem like Webpack. So I made a few tools working on it and view plugins compo components, which serve the similar functions like Nox components, which will import the components automatically in, in your view app. And then I started to make more these apps and I, so I find a good patterns for it and then I make a template called VDES. It's a speed in French but in a it's a num <laughs> it's a num <laughs> <laughs> with uh, some plugins I made and uh, some configurations I think is good for making VTAPs. It's an optionated tool for me to build a website using Vit very quickly. But yeah it sure is on GitHub's and then they got quite attracted. They got quite well feedback that I didn't expect it. Nice. How is it to deal with all of these incoming comments on your work? And how do you know if you're in a situation where you do want to shave the yak? Like, has there ever been a time where you decided, no, I should leave that yak alone? That's a yucky yak. It might bite me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. When I got an idea of maybe a yuck, maybe I'm really rushed on doing the things I'm doing. So I may, I may just note an idea on my to-do list or something and get back later. And I, I'm also trying to find 
the existing tool back as possible, you you don't need to save the yak. Yeah. So one question that I had that maybe everybody can weigh in on. I mean, for example, with Anthony, we've heard so much about all of the different projects that you're working on, and we all have a lot of a variety of things on our plates. So I'm curious how everybody keeps or doesn't keep track of the things that they have to do and the things that they want to do. I'll start with I I don't. <laughs> Classic ADHD. I'll have a really great idea. I'm excited about it for like an hour and then I completely forget that I ever had the idea. Nice. Yeah, that happens to me a lot too. Yeah. I definitely keep track of all of my ideas and then never act on a single one. So I have I keep notebooks around where I can just like very quickly scribble things out. And then sometimes I go back to it and sometimes most of the time I don't. I mean, at least you write it down. I just let it go out into the ether, never to be seen again. <laughs> Something kind of poetic about that. It's mostly that I write it down because I've learned if I if I have more than three things that I'm trying to keep track of, I will very quickly not be keeping track of them. So I, I tend to just write things down. So then when I go, wait, what was it? I can like look back at a piece of paper and go, oh, oh, right. It was uh, it was this thing. Get back to the thing that I was doing. I like your idea, Tessa, that it's poetic that I just forget <laughs> thing. It's just very romantic, you know, <laughs> like an indie movie. But I don't know. But it's actually frustrating because every once in a while you have time during a sprint to work on, you know, some technical debt. And the thing is, is I don't always keep track of what exactly is technical debt. And so, like, God, I know that there was like this long list in my head at one point of all the things I wanted to fix. And now I can't remember a single thing until, you know, the next time I come across, I'm like, oh, that's what I wanted to fix. Or the worst is when you do actually write it down or you have it tracked somewhere, but you weren't clear enough. And so you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> the blue is wrong. <laughs> It's like you're an archaeologist coming across the ancient civilization of you and being like, what did what did what, they write? What does it mean? What was life like back then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for me, that not enjoying like writing down or maybe the to-do list is not very good. It's not very working good for me. And like I, I would rather to do it right now, things that... That moments you got an ideas that you can remember it more specifically and you got the motivation to do it. Like when you write down things that it becomes that pen, meaningless letters, and you will never get back there to it, to the exciting moments you want to do this. So I would prefer to do it when you got ideas. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of funny because whenever I read those cleaning tips where they're like, if it takes five minutes or less, just do it. And like my mind immediately. Nothing takes five minutes. <laughs> also, like my mind spirals. I'm like, technically, you could break down anything small enough that it would take five minutes or less. And then already in my mind, I'm just cleaning forever and never cleaning in real life. <laughs> but I think for like non-cleaning related to do's, I'm a bit more like Anthony or kind of in between Ari and Alex and that I usually don't like writing things down. I'll just keep it in my head. That does mean that the occasional amazing tweet disappears from my mind. It gets pushed off the queue. <laughs> on the other hand, I feel like sometimes when I write it down, then I lose the motivation to work on it because I feel like I've done it. 
And so I don't have that pressure in my mind of like, I have to do this before I forget. So oftentimes I'll just try to take care of everything before my cash gets cleaned. Yeah, exactly. I would think that if you really want to do a thing, you would you would remember that if you get forget it, you may not really want to do the things that much. That's true. That's true. On the other hand, there's a lot of bills and things that I should take care of, but I don't really want to <laughs> go through the work of like mailing everything out. <laughs> Or like going to the website and coming across a terribly developed form. Yep. Yeah, the discovering the thing that my my boss did when he first started at the job, and you go, "Oh no, that's <laughs> not." Oh no. Yeah, he and I have had a few conversations about that. I mean, on that subject, I feel like there's also externally enforced yak shaving, right? Like when you come across some code and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. And then you look at the package and there's no doc. And so then you find the person that wrote it and you're like, hey, what does this package do? There's no docs. And then they're like, huh, guess you'll just have to read the source code. I know. No, no. So I have a question, actually. Does anybody else make other people do yak shaving in a PR. If you get a pull request for something and somebody's already working in a file or something and you notice, hey, you know, two lines up from where you are, this little bit that you didn't touch, this isn't you, it could be just like a touch better. Can you work on that? And they go, oh yeah, that's, you're right. That's totally wrong. And then they fix it, right? Does anybody else do that? Or am I the only one? As I say, so I'm guessing you do this. <laughs> All the time. No, because I've always been like, essentially the only one working in a code base. Now I at least have like people occasionally dabbling in it. But when you're all alone, the only person that can shave the act is you. I think for me, a lot of times it will be relevant, but the person working on the PR will be like, oh, that's yak shaving. We can take care of that later. And I'm like, that's fine. It's just, we have a whole continent full of later yaks. That's fine. We just won't look there. But then when it comes to my PR and I'm like, this is definitely not related. It's like, no, it has to happen now. So it's a very like one way binding there on the yak shave. I'm henceforth referring to technical debt as later yaks. Later yaks. Yeah. <laughs> I feel fortunate, though, that my boss is definitely a yak shaver. But for him, he just ends up working really long hours to make up for the time he spent shaving the yak. And I'm like, but I like my evenings, so maybe I just won't shave the yak today. Ben, you didn't weigh in. How do yeah. you balance yak shaving? Or and, you. and also your to-do list. We're all waiting for the for the wise words of Ben on Yak Shaving. Gosh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the worst when it comes to infrastructure and just like the idea that I could, if I just solve this one problem, it would save me 10% on the thing I'm going to do twice. And then I'm like, oh, not, not a good use of my time. So it's definitely a balancing act for me as far as I'm figuring out where you know, investing the right time to do the yak shaving. So I think that's why I kind of like what Anthony was talking a lot about regarding like just sort of a either getting a quick idea out regardless of how misshapen and not if it only counts for one scenario rather than every scenario, right? The classic over engineering that we as developers often do. So you shave half just, the just, yeah. <laughs> just, just to see how it works. Half yaks it? Yeah. Like a mohawk? See how you like it. And if you don't like it, just shave it all off. 
you know. Yeah, just save the base and that the community improve it. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. It's gonna bother somebody. So I guess then, my question is: When your yaks are getting out of hand, how do you trim down? I guess not the yaks themselves, but the yaks that you're dealing with before you start yak shaving, so that you do actually make some kind of progress towards your goals. We're really beating a dead yak with this yak metaphor. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, well, I feel uh, like doing it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you you would know at when the time is when the time is camp. No, I totally understand what you're saying because yeah, like there there will be times where I'll recognize that something really eventually needs to be done, but the thought of doing it in that moment sounds awful. But then there's the times where like I start shaving the yak without even realizing I started shaving the yak, and I'm like, oh well, guess I'll just keep going. <laughs> Already <laughs> yeah. halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's if you can look at a rabbit hole and go, oh hey. That's a really deep rabbit hole. Probably don't want to go down that one. Then, you know, you can put it on the yak burner. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Oh, now we're doing yak. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But yeah, and then, but sometimes you look at one and you just go like, oh, no, that's just like, it's like a little handful of dirt that's just been removed. It's fine. I can turn it. That's not a rabbit hole. And then you're off. Or sometimes, Often. you know, you can't see the bottom of the rabbit hole, but for some reason, it's just calling your name. Yeah. 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 Those those are almost better, though, than the times when, like, nothing is calling your name and you just got to slog through it. Exactly. But, you know, on the other hand, sometimes life just decides for you. Like the time that my doctor asked me, do you feel like getting your flu shot today? And then didn't even wait for me to answer like the needle was already in my arm. <laughs> I thought they had to do a consent form, but that that's another topic. <laughs> well, on that note, Anthony, if people want to talk to you about yaks or other things, where can they find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. My account is ntfu7, and my GitHub is ntfu without a 7. Things I think is very difficult to like have a same username across the platforms. That's yeah. very true. That's very true. Awesome. So it's time to move on to this week's picks. Alex, would you like to go first? Over the past several months, I've sort of been off on my own very slow yak shaving adventure. And I've been piece by piece upgrading my desk situation. This past week, I got a standing desk. And it is very nice. And it has like motorized stuff. So we will drop a link to that in the notes. So I have a standing desk and I never stand it. The trick to it is that you set a Tabata timer and every hour you change your position. Yeah, no, that's not happening. That would interrupt my flow state and that's just unacceptable. I mean, you don't have <laughs> to change your position, but it, that's the that's the way that you like get it going so that it's okay, now I'm up, now I'm down. And then you're also not like up all the time or down all the time. Is the Tabata timer that thing where WebStorm tells you that you have to close WebStorm because your free trial is up and then you reopen it five <laughs> minutes later? <laughs> yes, that is... I now want to use an unlicensed version of WebStorm 
just for the free Tabata timer. <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter suggest that, and I was like, oh, that, that would actually force me to take a break. But otherwise, I, I don't think I could use WebStorm. Yeah, I was like, but then you'd also have to use WebStorm. <laughs> it's, it's just there's too much going on on there. I can't focus. There's nothing wrong with WebStorm. Don't yeah, there's nothing wrong with WebStorm. I really like WebStorm. If you love WebStorm, that's okay, too. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and if you love Dank Mono, that's also fine. I, I, I like I like. I like. <laughs> I can't even use Dank Mono anymore because it was on my other computer, and now I can't find the oh, cheating no. way that I had it. So, well, Ari, do you want to do you want to share your picks? Sure. Speaking of judgmental opinions <laughs> about things other people love, for a long time, I just did not understand the appeal of Shit's Creek. Like I, I watched like five episodes, and I just was not interested. But I decided after seeing someone actually, I believe it was Tatiana Mack, say that. The first season was garbage, that they were intolerable or insufferable is the word she used. And I was like, yes. But then she said it got better. So I was like, okay, I'll give it another try. So I just skipped the first season entirely and started with the second season. And then I fell in love with it. Nice. Yeah, I cried more than once. I'm not I'm not ashamed to say. If you didn't think the first season of Shit's Creek it was funny, it gets better. It's worth waiting till like the third season when it actually really starts to get good because when it starts to get good, it is so good. So yeah, Shit's Creek. Wait, so then why not just skip to the third season? Because you need the... Just like Angular the story, 4. Yeah. Oh. You need the story, yeah. Okay, yeah, I have not. I have... We've watched like the first three episodes and we were like... Eh? Yeah, no. Yeah, I was so, like, Daniel yeah. Levy is very, is very charismatic, but I don't know about this show. Okay. Yeah, so that was sort of why I picked because like it's one of those shows where you either love it or you don't get it, and I didn't get it because I I wasn't watching the right seasons. <laughs> I think also just for me, I saw that ad where somebody makes Daniel's character cry because he's singing some song about him, I guess, for an entire year, and so every time I think about Shit's Creek, I think about that ad. Okay, but that was an amazing scene. Okay. <laughs> It seemed like it would be. Yeah. I definitely have cried watching that scene. Okay. So speaking of shit, no, that's a terrible transition. <laughs> ben, would you like to share your picks? Yes. So actually, my pick for this week is actually Anthony's project, icons.js.org. And that's icons with an E-S. The French and, way. Uh, yes, the French way. And the reason I really like it is because basically icon libraries are really hard to just sort of traverse. And I can't tell you how many times I've been on like Font Awesome to try to search for something. And downloading something has always been a pain. But what Anthony has done with these icons is just in absolutely incredible from the sense that like you search for things. Um, when you find an icon you like, not only is it you can download the SVG, but you can actually actually copy the view component. Like you click view and then it just has the template and the script block. Just like you can just co- paste it in. All these DX things that are just absolutely phenomenal. And DX? DX, uh, developer experience. And so for, you know, and then for those who are using React, there are React snippets too as well. So don't worry, it's not just view only. Major props to Anthony for this wonderful project that he created. I would definitely be using this a lot in future projects. Yeah, thank you. I got two picks. One is in Young Saving Videos within a minute. And you should, it's very funny and you can check it out. I will link it in the show notes. Another one is the Cyberpunk 2077s and playing with it recently. And it has reported there are quite a lot of bugs 
at the initial release. But as a developer, and I'm kind of like okay with this. Yeah. So maybe maybe you can, if you if you got interested, you can try it. I think, uh, despite with the box, they are doing very good at the storytelling. Yeah, that's for my pick. Yeah, I think it's available on most platforms. Unless you have a PlayStation, then I believe you cannot play it. Yeah, I was gonna ask if it was back on PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually playing. It's on the PlayStation Four, which is the disaster platform people are talking <laughs> about. Yeah, but I'm kind. Of, yeah, I'm happy with this. I'm really enjoying the games. Yeah, I don't find really that something to complain with, despite with the bugs. <laughs> All right, so I guess that leaves my picks. My first pick is a game that has been recommended by many people, including. Divya and Henry and Evan, who are all guests on the show, and it's called A Short Hike. It's an indie game available on computers and Nintendo Switch. And when I started playing it, I thought this game isn't isn't really for me, but I I don't know because then I played for like another three hours. I feel like it is very yak shavy though. Like it's very on brand for this episode. Like you start out with this task of like climbing to the top of the mountain. But then you meet all these people that are on the island. I guess technically the character that you're playing already knows them. And they all have little like things that they want you to take care of. And it's also nice because there's like these collectibles, but they're so scattered and there's so many different things that you have to collect that it kind of overwhelms my need to collect every single thing a little bit. But, you know, I also feel like that happened. That's why I, I don't finish most games because it's like I'm about to beat the final boss. And then I'm like, wait, I haven't collected the 1.2 million things that I need to have to have this game be complete. Ari is, is nodding very vigorously. needs anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst one for me was in Okami, like the original one, where there were certain things that you had to dig up, but you could only see the spots at night. So you just happened, had to happen to be looking in the right spot in the dark. Sounds awful. Yeah. Along that note, I saw this hilarious video from a creator named Josh Neal about when you walk into a room and immediately forget what you're looking for. So I'll link that in the show notes. And also this weekend, I saw this video from uh, RubyConf 2017 on code reviews. And what, when we were talking earlier about PRs, that reminded me of this. It seemed like a really nice video. And finally, to close out my picks, Sticking with the French theme, it's a product called Dodo. I feel like my biggest mental yak shaving moments come at night when I'm about to sleep. And then I think of a million things I need to take care of. And I, I can't stop thinking about them. And this is like a very, it's definitely like a luxury item. It's like a little white pebble that shines a light onto your ceiling that expands and contracts. And so the idea is you watch it expand and contract as it helps you forget about the yaks and, and fall asleep. And, you know, I tried it once or twice and then, and then I put it away somewhere. I don't know where, but <laughs> I, I didn't think it would work, but you know, I never, I never made it to the end of the circle. So I guess it did work. So there's that. I think with yak shaving, what it kind of reminds me of, and maybe someone can correct me if I'm not saying this correctly, but this idea of which is like revenge sleep. It's time for bed. You got to get up for work the next day. But the whole day you spent your day doing things that somebody else told you to do. And so now it's like you don't want to go to bed because it's your time. Anthony's nodding. Feel free to correct me if I really messed that up. Yeah, it sounds yeah. good. 
I'm kind into the situations quite softly, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm just enjoying the times doing what I want to do. Even though yeah. it's not really like doing things, doing productive things, but I would enjoy it. Yeah. So I think this helps calm the minds for those moments when you can't indulge. With that, that's all for this week's episode. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy the view.